What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Dip and Row Show. I'm Nathan Riojas, here with my friend Tyler Dippery. Hey, hey. Uh, and it has been a while since we've recorded one of these episodes. It's our first one of 2020, so we hope you had a Merry Christmas and you're having a Happy New Year. We've been busy with the holidays, just like everybody else. That's right. Uh, we were planning on recording our first episode of the year last week, uh, but we were sick in our household, so we've pushed it back. Yeah, I'm throwing you under the bus. That was all your fault. Yeah, yeah, all, all of us. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we've got a lot to catch up on for sure now. We still need to review all the Big 12 bowl games because in our last episode of 2019, we made some picks mm -hmm. and what was our last weekly wager segment. So we'll review those picks and talk briefly about those bowl games because I know we've, we're a couple of weeks removed from those uh, because we're recording uh, tonight. Uh, that means you'll probably be listening to this on Monday. Uh, this will be a, really our national championship episode of the podcast. So we've even got mm -hmm. some quick thoughts on that game later on this evening. Uh, really the big story over the last couple of weeks in the Big 12 has been coaching changes. And I think you know where I'm going with this because uh, there have been a lot of them really. Mm -hmm. uh, but one big one in particular and now a coaching vacancy in the Big 12, so we'll, we'll... I don't mind it. Yeah, I yeah, don't I think, mind it. <laughs> I think most of the Big 12 is pretty excited about it, so we'll talk about that, uh, and then we'll start the podcast with an update on men's basketball, because it's, it's not... We've gotten out of non-conference play, and uh, the race for the conference title is on. It's, it's pretty, on us, baby. Yeah, and it's pretty interesting, really, out mm -hmm. of the gate. You've got a few teams that have separated themselves, uh, but before we get to that, I think it's worth mentioning, at least briefly, uh, that TCU is on NCAA probation. They had some players there in the football program and then men's and women's basketball programs that were paid for jobs that they didn't work. Or not necessarily jobs they didn't work, but extra hours that they didn't work. Yep. Um, and they were fined like $47,000, but that's it. So these were self-reported self you know sanctioned violations and the ncaa said all right cool and the ncaa even like after these are reported said okay uh, you're going to vacate these wins that all those ineligible players played in tcu comes back you know so with the no, no 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 like no not fair yeah they make their case like no we shouldn't have to do that and they agreed with them like the ncaa says okay yeah you don't have to vacate those wins so really no lost scholarships, no vacated wins. They just lose $47,000 and let's all go on. Uh, that $47,000, just to kind of put into perspective, was 10% of TCU's earnings from the 2018 NCAA men's, in NCAA men's basketball tournament. So NCAA is a joke. Yeah. Why do we have them? It's pointless. They continue to make my case easy for why and, we no longer need the NCAA. They're just a bunch of jokers. Well, I brought this up. You know, I brought this up when we were talking before we started recording. And you even said, like, yeah, it's not really a big deal. Which is not. I mean, especially because NCAA is not really doing anything. They didn't do anything. anything. Yeah. Yeah, like, we're finding them $47,000. But I think, to me, it's worth talking about just because it surprises me that that's it. The NCAA has no teeth anymore. They're terrified that these power five conferences are going to decide 
we actually don't need the NCAA and band together and leave them out in the cold. I'm convinced of that. Yeah, so just a little bit surprised anyways, and that's why I wanted to bring it up uh, because, yeah, nothing really happened. And it was funny to read TCU's remarks or the remarks from the AD when all this was made public. Like, yeah, we, you know, the the system worked the way it was supposed to. We self-reported these and then talked to the NCAA. We didn't want to vacate wins. They agreed. Great, and then you know they thought this was a fair amount of money. Like what? Like no, yeah. what? Is this how things are supposed to work? It's not how it's worked in the past. So, uh, anyways, but I'll. I feel like I'm off of my soapbox for a little bit. I just wanted to get on there very briefly and talk about that. Well, let me get on my soapbox and talk about basketball. Yeah, there you go. Let's talk about that. Okay, so there, uh, it's really early in the Big Twelve season, but there's a few things that we can look at. Now, first thing I think we can know for sure that the Big 12, it is a good conference top to bottom. There really isn't a bottom at this conference because even the teams right now that are looking the worst, they're not going to be easy wins when you go to their place. So it's going to be a really good conference just like last year. But Baylor has done enough already in an early season to make me go, hey, they may be the cream of the crop here. They're really dangerous. I mean, they went on the road to Texas Tech. Then they went on the road to Lawrence, Kansas, and got wins in consecutive games against ranked teams, against two teams that I expect to be there at the end for a conference championship. That's pretty impressive. Baylor looks really good. They don't have many holes. They're they're big inside. They have good enough guard play. I, they just look really good. On, on the flip side of that, you have to talk about the – the team that played in the national championship, the national runner-up, the Texas Tech Red Raiders, they're they're struggling right now a little bit to yeah. score. Now in conference to, play, anyways. And you have to say this: they got beat by Baylor, who, like I just said, is they're number four in the nation for a reason, and they beat Kansas in Lawrence, so they're really good. Then they went to West Virginia, which is a hard place to win in any year. And let's say this about West Virginia: they're back. They're back to huggy ball. Yeah. They're back to being at the top of this conference, so it's normal. It's not West Virginia from last year. This is a good West Virginia team. But Tex has some weaknesses. Yeah. They are not a perfect team. But I'm not going to lie. After that Oklahoma State game, the conference opener for the Red Raiders, when they went nuts yeah, and everything was going in the basket, it was like, oh, wow. Like Maybe they figured it out. <laughs> yeah. So, eh, you know, but, it looks more like an anomaly. But like you said, the level of competition was pretty good. And it's early in the season, too. So maybe they do figure it out later in the season. Yeah. I think at this point you can say easily in the Big 12 that there's a top there's a top tier there, that there's four teams that I think legitimately have maybe conference title uh, contention in there. And that's Baylor, Kansas, Texas Tech, and West Virginia. I think the rest of the teams, I guess I'll call it the bottom, but they're pretty much all the same. And that's not a good thing. That's what makes the Big 12 so hard in basketball is because you just don't have easy wins. You just don't have them in this conference because they're all very similar. So I expect another great season in the Big 12. I'm really excited about basketball. And we're by no means finished. Because Baylor, hear me say this. I don't care how good Baylor is. They're not going unscathed in this conference. They're not going unscathed. And Baylor looks like they might be as good as they come in the nation, competing maybe in a Final Four or an Elite Eight. 
Uh, they're that good. I, I really have been impressed with them. Yeah, I'm excited for basketball season because, like you said, the depth. And I know you've been in basketball mode for a while now. I have. Uh, I, I think, and and if you know me, I mean, I, obviously you understand this. I feel like anybody out there listening knows. I kind of want to go back and talk about these bowl games for a little bit. Uh, okay. All first right. of all, I mean, look, from a Big 12 perspective, I think Oklahoma was extremely disappointing. And you're and you're a Big Twelve guy. You you want the conference? To yes, look good we've had this. Con- if you've missed right. these conversations in the past, Tyler and I disagree on this. I think you root for your conference, regardless of who it is. If it's your rival, whatever, nah. you root for uh, your conference in non-conference play, whether that's early in the year or if it's in the postseason, whatever. I'm a big fan of rooting for your conference for that perception, so you have the perceived strength, especially in football, because that's so much of what matters. I mean, the SEC's had a stranglehold on it for years that, oh, well, they're the best, and man, that one-loss Alabama team or that, you know, one-loss Georgia or two-loss Georgia, whatever, like they get so much more benefit of the doubt than a one-loss Big 12 team or a one-loss Big 10 or Pac-12 team. Anyways, so I'm all, yeah, I'm all about rooting for your conference. And I'm the opposite because I say – Oklahoma going to the national championship doesn't help tech at all. How does that help me in recruiting? How does that give yeah. anything to me in tech? Yeah, so you, it's I am recruiting. all about let everything burn. And it burned, baby. Oh, yeah. It Big, burned. Big 12 was one in five in bowl games. Like I said, it starts at the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oklahoma was very disappointing. Just the effort that they put up. Against LSU, or I don't know if you'd call that an effort. I mean, they, did, they almost didn't show up against the Tigers. Exactly. Iowa State was a huge letdown. I expected that to be one of the better bowl games against Notre Dame because it's a good Notre Dame team. I expected them to be excited uh, to be there and play somebody like Notre Dame. You're not playing, um, I don't know, a questionable team from another conference. It's like, hey, we're playing a legitimate like top 10, 11-win team. And no, they laid an egg. Oklahoma State, I I think the only reason I hesitate to say anything about the Cowboys here because we didn't really have any high expectations going in. It's like you they know you're so not playing, yeah, you're not playing with Spencer Sanders right. or Talon Wallace, but man, they were right there in that game with A and M, and just when you got a chance as a Big Twelve <laughs> to beat A and M, like let's go ahead and do that. So I was a little disappointed they didn't do that. Yeah, I'm with you um, there. Baylor gets blown out by Georgia, but I think that's really what we expected. I wasn't yeah. surprised there, and. So not really disappointed. I think the only surprise you get, you know, from a positive standpoint, my Texas Longhorns. The Longhorns. The just one shining light. Out of nowhere. In the darkness. Very impressive, hey, dominant performance. Do you want to give a. Against Utah. Do you want to give a. You know what? What? You want to give it? Oh, no, it? I'm not. You can. No, I know what you're going to say. And you'll notice nobody from Texas, none of their players <laughs> wanted to scream that they're back. You didn't want to scream back. that you're back? No. Yeah. No, no. I think they learned their lesson from that last time. Uh, <laughs> but very pleasantly surprised with Texas's performance with, you know, uh, offensive coordinator being fired and then defensive coordinator out is, um, I don't know, very surprising. To see them play, I expected them to be in that game, but I just didn't expect a dominating performance. The biggest thing that I thought the bowl game showed is that it was a down year in the Big Twelve overall, and we said that coming into the year yeah. that this was going to be a down year in the Big Twelve, and it was. We just showed all year that this wasn't a year that we've had in the past four or five. It was a really down year in the Big Twelve. Oh, you 
like you mentioned, was by far the biggest disappointment. I mean, they just got waxed by LSU. And how about LSU being the best matchup for OU? I mean, that looks really good now after no. just getting destroyed no. by LSU. I stand by that. I stand by that. Then you're a crazy man. Yeah. No, listen, the logic with that argument was solid. It still is solid. I based. I mean, all of that was based on... I mean, you're talking about the three top teams in America, LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson. If you're going to play one of those three teams, I think LSU is clearly the most favorable matchup because of LSU's defense and the numbers that people had put up against them all year long. But starting, LSU's defense. Starting with the game that I watched pretty very good. closely. Oh, well, yeah, they did against Oklahoma. But, like, I mean, you saw, I saw Texas put up 38 against them early in the year and go blow for blow with the LSU's offense. You saw Florida do it. You saw Alabama do it. Um, it's like, I don't know. You saw people put up points and move the ball on LSU, and I just thought Ohio State, Clemson, those defenses, and really um, their defensive fronts, and really and their offensive lines too. Like I just I think had they played Ohio State, Clemson, like they're going to get dominated at the line of scrimmage, whereas they have a chance against LSU. They can hold their own, and maybe they can trade blows and score some points. I'm giving Lincoln Riley a lot of credit. So, like you give Lincoln Riley a month you're to saying, get ready for LSU's defense, he's going to have some wrinkles and he's going to score some points. And yeah, he just they came can, out flat. They can hold their own. They can maybe have a chance. It didn't look like they had much of a chance, bro. I don't think any of your arguments make any sense. Well, maybe there's just that big a gap between the top three and everybody else. But I thought of the maybe. three, and I still think of the three. That was the best chance they had at scoring points and keeping up with one of those three teams. And it just because I think I think Ohio State or or uh, Clemson just about shuts them out. Apparently, I mean the way they played against LSU, I just thought LSU's defense gave them and and really their defensive line gave them the best chance to hang up some points there. But they didn't didn't really do that anyways. I mean they didn't. They didn't really help me out, me trying to stick up for them. Look, LSU is the real deal, Holyfield, man. They are the real deal. They showed why they were the legit number one seed of this tournament. Because not only are they a great team, but they are battle-tested. They have gone through the fire in this, man. Having said all of that, I will say that your argument of saying, hey, maybe the top three teams were just that much better... I do think that's legit because I do think there yeah. were three top teams this year. There wasn't a good fourth. And option. there wasn't a good fourth. <laughs> and this national championship game is going to be awesome. I'm super excited about it, man. I just think it's going to be a really, really good all tiger championship game. The tiger bowl that's going to come out here. I'm excited, dude, down in new Orleans. Yeah. So let's talk about this national championship game a little bit. Cause you're, I know you're a big, on LSU, I'm pretty big on Clemson in this spot right here. Clemson's plus six. I got Clemson locked in at plus six. The money line for Clemson. This is crazy. Plus 235. The defending <sighs> national champs undefeated 14 and 0 here in 2019. I'm going, I'm going with the money line. So you know what? You don't even got to give the points. I'm just gonna say I'll go with the money line and stick with Clemson. I uh, I feel pretty good about it, too. Now, now let me be clear here. You're pitting me as saying that I don't like Clemson. 
I do like Clemson. Clemson is a great team. LSU is a great team. And now I would say Clemson, I feel better about them now than I did against uh, going into the Oklahoma State game because they hadn't been tested. They were really tested against the uh, Ohio, Ohio State. Did I, did yeah. I say Oklahoma yeah, State? Yeah, you did. You did. But it's My cool. bad. Ohio State. Same OSU. Yeah, we see know. OSU on the exactly. sheet, and it's just your brain just goes anyway, the other way. But they were tested in that game, and they came out on top. They figured out a way to win. Having said that, I mean, I've rolled here, and I've said for a while that I think this LSU team is the best team in the nation. So why stop now? Now, I do think that betting line is nuts. Nuts. Yeah, give me six points yeah. all day. I'll take I that. I mean, if you're going to just tell me pick them straight up, I'm going to go LSU. But if even you, then, though, money line, like I know, the, I know the that's money that you can nuts. make on Clemson just straight up, I like that a lot. That is nuts. But for the first time all season, Clemson is going to play back-to-back big games. How will they respond? I'm actually not super worried about that because it's the national championship. If you can't get up for the national championship, you probably don't make it to this game. See, so I don't think that you're going to be worried about that. My thought is, can they stop this LSU offensive machine? Because it is rolling, dude. It is good. It's better than the Ohio State team that they played just a second ago. Well, that was that was your argument for for Clemson, or not for, but I guess against Clemson and Ohio State, really, Both of going them. into the yes. playoff was neither one of these teams have been tested. Neither one of these teams has played somebody that's on their level yet. Yep. And I think, I think Clemson responded in the second half. I think mm-hmm. I think now Oh, I agree. Now I you're getting it. a Clemson team that's like, okay, like they're up to speed, you know, whatever you want to say. Like I don't know woke, about up to speed. They woke up and they're up to speed. They're ready. I think and I like Dabo in this situation cuz he's yeah, still like playing Dabo too. He's still playing the underdog card. Like yeah. all that is still full in effect. We're playing LSU in their backyard. You know, nobody's giving us a chance. We're defending national champs. But we're, but I we're also like touchdown dogs. Oh, I like Coach O in his hometown. Oh, yeah. And that place is going to be nuts. <laughs> Those gonna fans crazy. are going to be nuts. But like I said, I like Dabo in this situation. I like I like Brent Venables and really his track record in these big games. Uh, and I, I just think Trevor Lawrence and his Tigers will be clicking. I think they're going to be, like I said, I think they, they kind of woke up. They found their rhythm. Last last week or two weeks ago, I guess I should say it's been two weeks. Right against uh, against Ohio State, and I expect their offense to be clicking, clicking, and I think their defense can do enough. I mean, you're not going to completely shut out Burrow and LSU, but I think they've got the athletes to put pressure on him and make him uncomfortable. Because that's the thing, he's been uh, almost untouched, and like some of those plays, even against Ohio State. I mean, even against Oklahoma and against Georgia and against uh, Alabama, I mean, he was sitting in the pocket forever untouched. And you give anybody that amount of time, they're going to pick you apart. Uh, and he does. I mean, Burrow makes plays that not everybody can make. But he's he's been pretty clean, and he's had a really nice pocket for most of the year. I think Clemson can make him uncomfortable enough See, that they I, can uh, – win this game I did well I'm not gonna say that this game is not gonna be close it's gonna be a close game because we're arguing over something and saying acting like it's gonna be a blowout one way or the other it's gonna be a a close game it's gonna come down to the wire I think LSU's offense and their offensive line have proven put any pass rush up there 
we're going to make life tough for them. That's not saying you're not going to get a sack at all, but they're they're a good offensive line. They can protect. And so it, you may say that Clemson is different, I and I would say absolutely well, not. This team, LSU, has faced Alabama and has faced Georgia, whose front can go up against anybody in the nation. So don't give me any of this business that Clemson is different. <laughs> no, 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 no. They are not. They're not a different beast, okay? Now, they are good. I would just tell you, I think this game comes down to, at the end, who has the ball? Is it going to be Burrow or is it going to be Lawrence? Because what Lawrence did show that I loved in the Ohio State game is that you give him time, He's a gamer. It's over, bro. You can't give that kid time. And he did some damage with his legs. I mean, it was super impressive. So... I really legitimately go, is it who has the ball last that wins this game? Similar to a few years ago when Clemson had the ball last yeah. uh, and they won with like two seconds left uh, over Alabama. Yeah. Like I said, I don't, I don't think, I don't think uh, you know, Clemson is going to completely shut down LSU. Nobody's going to do that. But I'm, I'm just hesitant because I think in the past what I've learned over my uh, – I don't want to say football career or whatever, but what I've learned over the years is that oh, talk to us, Grandpa. When you've got talk to us, offense, yes. great offense versus a good defense, defense wins most of the time. And and maybe I'm thinking maybe Oklahoma has kind of jaded me here, but Oklahoma last year, the Joe Moore Award winning offensive line, like for the best offensive line in America, didn't look didn't look good at all against Alabama. So it's like we shall see. Yeah, so we'll it's see. But I'm just, about I'm just very weary of taking the high-powered offense against a good defense. But like you said, I mean, they've played good defenses so far. They have and, and good defensive fronts. Yeah, and not really anybody has slowed them down. So we'll see. I just I like Dabo and his staff, and I like Trevor Lawrence too. Trevor Lawrence is the real deal. No, I I don't disagree with any of that. Okay, let's move on. Let's talk about coaching changes. What are some coaching changes yeah. that are coming up well, here in the Big 12? I think it's crazy that, you know, for years we've been talking about Matt Campbell. We've been talking Where about Lincoln going? When yeah, is he going? How long is Iowa State really exactly. going to hold on to Matt Campbell? And when is Lincoln Riley going to take over as Dallas head coach Cowboys. of the Cowboys? I mean, that's been the Dang rumor it. around here for years. Dang it. Yeah, and we've been hoping for that. I was all in on that deal, dude. I'm What's funny honest. is it was like, this is the year. And I remember early in the year, I think like week three or week four, like, well, um, Kellen Moore ruined that. Like Kellen Moore has yeah. saved Jason Garrett's job and Lincoln Riley is not going to be the Cowboys next coach. And then, then they started playing teams with a winning record and, uh, yeah, the Jason Cowboys Garrett did with the Cowboys ends up losing his job. But, but yeah, Lincoln Riley is still in Norman. He's not the Cowboys head coach. Matt Campbell still in Ames. Who would have thought that Matt rule, was going to be gone. The, and the hoodie schmuck or yeah. whatever, whatever oh, yeah. it's called. I, I guess he's going to, he's going to now wear his hoodie in Carolina. We'll see if that, if that goes Ugh. to Charlotte. I mean, they're technically still going to like a Nike team or whatever. That's true. So it's like, maybe, maybe he gets to keep his vest, but whatever. it's not just Matt rule. It's Phil snow. Defensive coordinator for the Blue right. bears is going with him. So, like I said earlier, or maybe like we teased earlier, if you're outside of Waco or if you're not a Baylor fan, 
I think everybody in the in the Big Twelve was pretty excited to see. Bro. Yeah, go ahead, Matt. We'll see you later. We were you paying. Know what? Take we'll, fuel with you. Take we'll, fuel with you. We'll pay for your moving expenses. Get out of here. Get away. Yeah, yeah I'm because all about a lot it. of the a lot of the news outlets are saying like, and Carolina is paying the six million dollar buyout for Baylor. It's like, I'm sure uh, if you all they had to do was call some of the yeah. ADs in the Big Twelve. Like, oh no, we can help you out with that. We yeah. got some boosters that call, call chip Texas, in that. TCU, Texas Tech, Oklahoma. Be like. Yeah, we'll uh, yeah. help you out with let's, that. Let's get them out of we'll here. We'll take care of it real quick. Yeah, if that's if that's any kind. If you have any kind of hesitation over that, right? We'll take care of it. You know I, what? We'll give you eight. How's that sound? I mean, that's a big loss. Matt Rule was a great coach. That program was ascending. Yeah. And then here's the the bigger thing is Phil Snow because Phil Snow won or was up for a lot of these assistant yeah, like head the Broyles assistants award and all that award and 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 so he's going with him. So it's not like he's just going to slide right in. So who does Baylor get? And, and there's been a few names like floated out there, but I'm going to be honest. One of the names is a current staff member, Jerry Maguire. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I mean Joey. I'm sorry, Joey. Whatever sorry. you do that on purpose, but that's funny. Because uh, you got me the money. You got show me for a me. second. Help me so, help you. That's right. All right. So Joey Maguire, who is their defensive end coach this past season, and who really, I know a lot of Baylor players have been like. They've gone on Twitter and said, oh, we want McGuire, we want him. Honestly, from what I'm looking as an outsider, he looks like a recruiter. Looks like maybe a pretty good recruiter. You can't let this guy go from defensive end coach as a recruiter yeah. to be your head coach. I just I don't see it. I don't see any way that happens. But let me give you a list of, of people that have been floated for this job. So you have Luke Fickle, who's at Cincinnati. Um, Which would be a, a huge hire, probably, if they could get him. For sure. I mean, he's a former Ohio State guy, and I guess was the interim co- coach there for a second, and then went on to Cincinnati. Then you have Josh Heupel from OU days. You know, he's the quarterback when they yeah. won their national championship. He's at UCF. And then finally, you have a name that's pretty familiar around Lubbock. You have Sonny Dykes, who has been around Tech, has also been at Cal, and right now is at SMU. One doing, of the best years they've had in doing a long really time. Well. So those are kind of the some of the names being floated out there. I don't know if any of those guys really terrify me, but to be honest, I, I, I think you're going to go down after Matt Rule. I think some of it makes sense. Uh, Sonny Dykes has made some uh, progress at SMU. They had a lot of grad transfers, a lot of JUCO guys, but... His staff is pretty impressive. He's got some guys, and they've kind of uh, made some progress recruiting in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So if he could bring some of those guys with him to Waco, that might be a plus for them. Maybe. And Josh Heupel. That doesn't scare me too much, They've been tearing it up at Central Florida. Maybe that's a good move. And you know he's got recruiting ties in Texas and Oklahoma. He might be able to continue some of that recruiting. I think the biggest deal here in the Baylor thing is they missed out on Mike Leach. <laughs> because I'm going to be completely honest with you. When I when I first like was reading the news, saw the the pop up or whatever that Mike Leach like leaving Washington state to go to, like the first place my brain went was like Baylor? Baylor? Is he coming to Baylor? And like, that would have been like the biggest middle finger ever to Texas Tech. Yeah. I mean, that would have been the biggest And he Mike would love Leach it. I'm surprised he didn't ever. call. Like exactly. I'm surprised Leach didn't make it happen. Exactly. Maybe maybe just Baylor and like conservative Baptist, 
university scared said, him off. You know what? We can't. We don't. We don't need this guy. This guy's not us. He's not Baylor brand or something. But I think that would have been awesome, uh, especially from like a coach quote of the week standpoint. Oh, that would have been fantastic. Would have been great. And because really, because the SEC got a huge win in that department. Oh, not only because I think it's funny that uh, Ole Miss hires Lane Kiffin, and then immediately Kiffin's like tweeting and saying <laughs> stuff that like, wow. That's yeah. going to be amazing. And then Mississippi State's like, oh, yeah? Watch this. One up you. Yeah, boom. Mike Leach, what's up? With their fat little girlfriends. Or yeah. Entitled whoever. Oh, yeah. And so, it's going to be amazing. And honestly, one of the best things I saw, uh, I watched a little clip while I was at work of uh, his like introductory press conference or whatever, and the best question somebody asked him, it was a kid from the student newspaper, and he was like, hey, so are you going to bring that? Like, you're going to have your class here at Mississippi State, too. Like, your whatever it was. It was yeah. about, like, war and... Swashbuckling and, and I don't war know. War and uh, football, too. I mean, it's like football yeah. and, like, war and yeah. whatever. Anyways, uh, so he's like, yeah, you know. Anyways, he's, he had everybody laughing and stuff at his press conference. It's going to be great. Like, this stuff. The, all the Mike Leach entertainment will continue. The other thing that's going to be great about that is now... It's gonna. His press conferences are gonna be in prime time. So here's the other thing that happened at Washington State is yeah. not only did most people not stay up to watch his football games because it was way too late. It'd be like one o'clock here when they're ending, but you certainly weren't gonna stay up to listen to a press conference. Right. Now the games will be over at like nine, ten o'clock, and everybody's gonna be knowing exactly what he said at post game right away. So I'm excited about that. Just real life. Real time, Mike Leach. Yeah, so updates. a little disappointed that Baylor didn't end up with Mike Leach. I think that would have been best case scenario for me. But uh, well, yeah. When you think of Mike Leach, you thought of Baylor. When I think of Mike Leach, I think of Texas Tech and the other coach that came to Texas Tech, Todd Orlando, your boy. Oh boy. I know now you. he's your boy. He's got he's not my. He's not my problem anymore. He was my boy. Now he's your boy. That's true. Well, I'm okay with that. See, he's a Red Raider, and the Longhorns are actually paying part of his salary. So I'm totally okay with that. I mean, it's like, hey, we'll pay you some, and then just let the Longhorn Network pay you the rest. Yeah. It'd be awesome. Yeah, it kind of worked out that way. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, he's... Basically, the way that it works out is Tech's paying him. I don't even remember the salary, but they're paying them. And then whatever and then, the difference of his guaranteed, fully guaranteed contract at Texas was. Exactly. They pay the their, rest. Texas pays the rest. Yeah. So the thing that most people miss here is Todd Orlando was with Matt Wells at Utah State and was his defensive coordinator for a few years there. And they did really, really well. In fact, that's what got Orlando the job at Houston yeah. whenever he was with Herman. So... They've been on this staff before. In fact, he's been on the staff with Patterson, who's the defensive coordinator. Plus that, Orlando is not going to be the defensive coordinator. He's going (laughs) to be the linebackers coach. I I, I really don't have any issue with this. Even if it's nothing more than just pissing Texas off, I'm in for it. And number two, if it's nothing more than just getting a little insight into their playbook, I'm good. That's what I was... That's what I was starting to say right there is don't let him call the plays. <laughs> as long as you don't let him call the plays, you'll probably be all right. Because I think that was, uh, you know, the problem in Austin. But he, like you said, he'll probably be a good linebackers coach for Tech. And he's familiar with Wells and Patterson. So probably a good hire. It will be interesting to see that if, you know, if he still has any good 
inside information when Texas comes to Lubbock next year. I think maybe the only reason you would doubt that is because they got a new offensive coordinator and they're going to have a new defensive coordinator. So, and Tom Herman won't be calling the plays supposedly, but that's at least a plan with the new OC. Supposedly. Uh, yeah. Cause, and you know, Herman hired one of his old buddies, Chris, a- Chris Ash. Uh, I almost messed <laughs> what that was up. That? What almost was it? missed Work. it up. I don't know. And maybe that'll be my nickname for him <laughs> here in a couple months. If it's not work- working out too well, but Chris <laughs> Ash, uh, <laughs> is going to be the new defensive coordinator. And really, you know, that goes back. He's been on Ohio State staff, and then he was Rutgers head coach before he got fired, and he was uh, technically, I guess, unemployed last year. He worked as an analyst for Texas in 2019. Uh, And then the other guy that he hired after chasing off uh, his offensive coordinator is Mike Yurchich. Uh, He was the passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach at Ohio State this past year, and so he's coming in as the OC. So I think maybe you know having a couple of new coordinators might limit what Todd Orlando can give Tech as far as good information, but he'll definitely have some good uh, information about the personnel. You know, he'll know well, at he'll, least the kids on on Texas's defense for sure, and he'll know Herman. He'll know Herman and how he thinks His tendencies and, like that. and the game so, plan and all that. Here's the only thing I'll I'll warn you about. So whenever I look at this, Herman hiring his buddies, all I'm saying is as a head coach, that is dangerous territory because if it doesn't work out, it's your fault. It's not the coordinator's fault because you hired your buddies. You hired people that people were like, I just don't know about that. I mean, that's what happened with Cliff. That was one of his downfalls was people felt like he was more interested in helping his buddies than actually winning. Well, either way, it's on him. You know, it's like he he knew and he knows. He's he's mentioned publicly in all these press conferences and stuff that, yes, yeah, so this is a huge offseason for me. And it's got to, it has to work out um, or he's not going to work out in Texas. I mean, I think he for recognizes sure. that. So he's going with guys that he feels comfortable with and – yeah, we'll just we'll see how it works out. But hey, that's that's him. And like you said, it's his head on the line. I mean, yeah. it's his job on the line. So he he made those hires, and we'll see how it works out. I don't think he made. I don't think either one was a huge splash hire. Like some of the names that me. were thrown out, like yeah. Graham Harrell and Joe Brady, it wasn't one of those guys. So it's uh, it's definitely it's got to work out for him. Well, Herman is a little bit on the hot seat. But let's talk about a guy that it has worked out well for. Let's talk about Alex Grinch, the defensive coordinator for Oklahoma. There is now rumors, speaking of coaches going places, that maybe he feels slides right into that old Mike Leach spot at Washington State and becomes the head coach there. I I think, honestly, Grinch has been incredibly impressive with what he did he literally took an OU defense that literally almost went from like last to first. Yeah. Well, they were first this year. And I want to say they were last last year. They were, I think Kansas was uh, just yeah. above them. They were. I know. Kansas yeah, always right. throws they you were, off. Yeah, they were close. They yeah. were close to last. Yeah, yeah. So you're right. I don't know. And without looking at it for sure. But yeah, almost a worst to first type. Which turnaround. is really impressive. And so I think that'd be a good get for Washington State. And I, I also conversely would love it to yeah. hurt Oklahoma. So. Go. Go, man. Go. <laughs> we'll see you later. You had a good run here. Just, you know, go test your 
you know, test it out. You don't you don't get these kind of opportunities all the time. You got to take it. Yeah, Just if it's a head coaching job, go you got to take it, bro. And go. It's go, 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 go. It's beautiful up there. Is it? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I really don't think yeah, so. Yeah, Washington State is cool. I'd love to go up there. I'm pretty sure. I have a buddy that lives in Seattle, and he's always told me that uh, Washington State, where that's located, is like the armpit of America. Pullman is. Pullman. Uh, see, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I've never been to Pullman. I'm just thinking of... I mean, Washington in general. I'm I know. From Lubbock, I know Texas, the university. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, what am I? What am I judging? They have someone trees. On? Yeah, exactly. And they get yeah. rain and Whatever. stuff. Whatever. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I like you said. I kind of associate Washington State with like Oregon, and you know, even Canada. For, you know, to to that degree. Apparently, like, there's some kind of mountain range, and it's more like where Pullman is. Montana it's just or, ugly. I don't. Know. I, don't um, I don't really. There's some know. cool stuff in Montana too, but I've never been to Montana. Uh, yeah. Anyways, whatever. I'm just trying to sell. You're bringing this down. I'm trying to sell <laughs> oh, him on I Washington. Forgot, I here. forgot because Grinch is he, definitely listening. Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. He's an avid listener, right. just like all the other Big Twelve coaches, bro. And, what are we doing? And Big we, how players. do we get here? Okay. I don't know. Anyways, let's, yeah. Let's, just go. That's what I'm trying to say. Just go. Just go. That yeah. I think this is my fault. That's my bad. Hey, so let's get. I want to give this to you because I just want to lay it up for you. Like a, I, I want to be John Stockton here and just give you a nice little alley oop. Let's talk about the XFL. Oh yes, let's do. And I will be the mailman. I will take that alley oop. <laughs> Listen, well, like you said, XFL. We're just a few weeks away from uh, the XFL. Right after the Super Bowl, XFL starts its inaugural season. Well. I don't even know if you could call that anymore. It's like a reboot season. Yeah, um, I guess. First, it's the first season of XFL 2.0. Um, are there a bunch of big names to look forward to? No, they're not. And not yet. I'll just say that. This is kind of like minor league baseball. You've got to establish the system. You've got to establish your base group of players. And after this first year, once you kind of get it established, then... Vince McMahon and the XFL can go after elite college players and elite high school players. Uh, they do have some cool new rules. They've got different overtime rules, and they have different rules for extra points and kickoffs and all that stuff. Uh, you'll see familiar faces. There will be some guys that you re recognize from college football and guys that have been cut from squads in the NFL. So familiar faces, yes, but not big names. Uh, but I think the the first well, year. Well, I mean, you have like a Johnny Manziel. That's a big name. Yeah. Well, I don't think he's going to be in there, is he? I thought so. I don't know. I don't know. I, Anyways, uh, I mean, you'll get my feelings on the XFL here in a second. So, <laughs> but it's it's a big year. The first year is going to be huge for them. I think it's an opportunity to at least say, and I, the new rules will help because that's really what it's all about is getting TV views, like proving that. We're going to get good TV ratings, proving that the quality of football is going to be pretty good. And, hey, we've got guys like Bob Stoops and Norm Chow that these are legitimate coaches, this is legitimate football, and people are watching it. So then he can go to ESPN, rework the TV deal, negotiate some more corporate partnerships, whatever. Uh, but I've, I've bought in. Like I think the potential of this league is there, and not necessarily because of all of the NFL cast-offs, but... I think the plan is, anyways, my vision for the XFL is for them to get this thing established and then start selling it to where you can pay and recruit elite college and high school talent. So the ESPN 
you know, top 150. Hey, instead of going to college, why don't you come play for Bob Stoops in the XFL and get paid this whole time? Then you can go pro. Then you can go to the NFL in three years. Or, hey, Trevor Lawrence, after your undefeated national championship season as a freshman, like, why don't you just come play with us for a couple years? You know you're going to be the number one pick. Develop your game. Hey, Tua. Hey, you know, Bosa. Hey, Chase Young. Come play in the XFL and then you can go to the NFL. So I think that's where it's headed. That's where I hope it's headed anyways. But the first year is huge. And I think maybe the new rules will help. I think that's what it's all about is making it different enough to where people will be interested and want to uh, watch and see what see what this is all about. For those of you wondering about Johnny Manziel, uh, no, the XFL shows little interest in former A&M QB saying that he's not good enough to play in their league. Wow. That shot's fired. I mean, that's, he got kicked out of Canada, bro. That's I mean, they, he couldn't falling. cut it in the CFL. That's falling a, a, a ways. But I will say some of the rules are crazy town. I mean, like, the rules are basically set up for huge plays on special teams where you can't punt the ball out of bounds or it goes, like, to the 35. Yeah. The returner has, on kickoffs, has like 40 yards between him and the next person, offense or defense, when the ball is kicked off. I mean, you're just going to – it makes me wonder, are you really even going to get to see offense and defense because the special teams are so crazy? I don't know, but some of it's kind of excited. We'll see. I kind of like the two forward pass rules. Uh, where basically you can throw a four, two forward passes as long as it stays behind the original line of scrimmage. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I kind of like Not that. Not a huge change, but kind of cool. And then I like the overtime rules. The overtime rules, I am in for those. Those are awesome. But here, ultimately, this is how I feel about the XFL. Make it to year two, and then I'm interested. But before that, you're just a gimmick. Because every other league, the AAF or American Alliance of Football, they didn't make it past year one. Yeah. The XFL, I think maybe they limped into year two, but nah. I don't think they completed it. No, I don't think they started it. I think the whole thing got plugged. Well, I, I know they didn't make or it. They pulled the plug. That's I what know. I, I know they didn't make it year through year two. That, so every one of these leagues has never made it through to year two. So call me in year two, and then we'll talk. Yeah. And then I'm I'm interested to see what it can be. But no. before that, nah, I don't have much interest. No, I think that's true. It's a, you know getting past that first year will be big. Getting it established and off the ground will be big. Um, but I'm definitely interested. I'm already interested. I bought in, so I'll keep you updated. If Tyler's not going to pay attention, All right. there you go. I'll keep you updated, and I'll let you know when big stuff is happening in the XFL this spring and this summer. Uh, but let's let's finish up because you know me. I'm still all about. Football talk. I haven't. I guess now I have to move into basketball season, but it's round ball season. Let's baby. go. Let's go back to the picks that we made before the bowl games in our last weekly wager segment of 2019, and to see how we finished the year. Did we finish it better than our Big 12 teams did? All right. Let's see. So first, you have Oklahoma State at A and M. A and M was a seven point favorite, and the over under was 54. We both took the Cowboys, and we hit that. Uh, so off to a good start. But we missed the over-under. Uh, we both took the over, and it was under. Yep. So uh, split there. You're uh, welcome for that. Because remember, I talked you into the Cowboys. If you that's a, remember that, that episode, you were ready to take the Aggies. I was that's, like, nah, bro. That's very true. That. 
That's very true. And then I remembered I have certain standards in my life that I just can't go under. And taking the Aggies, I just don't have it in me. Yeah. So, so you're right. Yeah. And then Notre Dame and Iowa State, one of the games, I was disappointed in Iowa State's performance. They, they ended up getting blown out. And Notre Dame was only favored by three and a half points. <laughs> uh, I took the Cyclones. Bad and call. The points, yeah, that ended up being a bad call. Uh, you took Notre Dame, so you get that. I did. You, yep. Uh, and then you go two and zero because you took the under. Yep. Also, uh, I took the under, so I at least get a split. I've split the first two, uh, but you're off to a three and one start. Off to a good start, and then we have Navy at Kansas or <laughs> at Kansas State. Navy versus Kansas State. Navy was a two and a half point favorite, and this one was close. Yep. Three point game. But we both took Navy. And it covered. So we got it. We we uh, barely got in there, but we got in there. So both <laughs> both took Navy, and then the over-under was 52, and we both took under and safely got that as well. So I was 2-0 there. I start off, uh, uh, I'm pretty, I'm looking good at 5-1 and one here in the first three games. Yeah, doesn't finish... The same way, but Utah Ugh. and Texas. I go two. This is my first. Well, no, it's my. I go two and zero on this game too. Yeah. Technically, I went two and zero on the previous one, but uh, the Utes favored by seven in this game, and then the over under at fifty five. I took Texas, and not only did they cover, but they blow Utah out. Yeah. And you took Utah, <laughs> and gave the points, so that didn't work out for you. There's a loss. And then I'm 2-0. and Actually, but you split because we both took the under. Right. And uh, just under a total of 48. That's mainly because Texas' defense and the dominant performance. It was. It was crazy. I don't so, know. I don't know where that team was all year. So maybe maybe Todd Orlando is what was holding you back. show up in back. 2020. Maybe. maybe they're just getting my hopes up just like they did last year. That's right. And then they'll I can't wait. let me down. I, I can't know. wait. I'm going to try to be a little more reserved. That's my expectation. You know that's BS. You're not going to be able to do that. Anyways, all right, let's go to Georgia versus Baylor. I mean, the Bears, it, it, it is. It, they are who we thought exactly, they were. Exactly. Exactly what we thought was going to happen. We both took Georgia. We laid down six and a half points, and it was no problem. They still won by, I think it was 12 or 13. So, Georgia, we both took Georgia. We got that. Unfortunately, yeah. We did the over under was a minuscule 41 and a half points and we both took the over and we didn't get that. Yeah. So we split there. Yeah. I kind of expected Georgia to have like 35. Yeah. And that just didn't happen. Didn't of course, really get out of hand. The, at first it was really scaring us cuz it was like what world are we living in? Baylor jumped out to a pretty big lead and then the Bulldogs reeled them back yeah. in. So uh, and the last, the last game here on the list, and really our worst one, our only zero for two mm-hmm. on the week. You got uh, Oklahoma against Stupid LSU sinners. in the Peach Bowl, and we both LSU was favored by fourteen points, and we both were like, "Listen, that's a lot." You know, like I don't, I don't like OU's chances to win this game, but I like them to cover. Yep, keep it ten, and they didn't. Nope. They got destroyed. Uh, gave up 63 points. So we both took Oklahoma plus 14. Didn't work out. Uh, the over-under was at 75 and a half. And we it's said, you know what? It's going to be weird. We're going to take the under. Yeah. And LSU scored 63 by itself. <laughs> Dang it. So Dang we, didn't it. Get the, we didn't get that under either. And uh, we finish 0-2 right there with that so game. For, but, for the week. All right. Yeah. Tell them yeah, our scores for the week. For the week, 7-5. and five, Not bad. 
Uh, and then I guess we can reveal our season total. You don't want to reveal the season totals. They well, weren't good. We just say we're safely under 500, and Nathan beat me. Yeah. Yeah, I won by a handful of games, not by as many. I mean, as bad as Tyler's record is, you would think, God, I should have been 30 games better than him, but I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> still well below, uh, nine games below 500 for me on the year. So uh, not a great pick em year, but that just means that we're going to dominate the even years like we did last year because we had a great year go. in 2018. So 2020, Here we weekly come. wagers. We will dominate that, but we may not may not make any picks during basketball season. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe a few for baseball. I'm a little bit Rough. more excited about baseball season than I am basketball. I don't know. I, I I'm more excited. I know basketball better than baseball. Although I don't know. I maybe I just I'm just a little gun shy. Give me a few weeks and then I'll get more confident. Well, <laughs> hey, that's all we have for this episode. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple, Google, and Spotify. It really helps us, and it really helps people. Find us as well. Hey, I'm Tyler Dippery. And I'm Nathan Riojas. Y'all have a good one. See ya.